much like this, though. I'm tired of folks, you know what I'm saying? Them closed-minded folks, you know what I'm saying? It's like we got a demo tape and don't nobody want to hear it, but it's like this, the South got something to say. That's all I got to say. So, today we are going to talk about award shows and I guess the Grammys specifically. Right. And other, well, other award shows, I won't say the Grammys specifically because we're going to get into a lot of award shows, but the Grammys is not that far around the corner. Um, they just announced the nominees for this year, mm-hmm. and as predictable, that happens every single year. There's outrage, and this is the time of year that everyone says, "Boo the Grammys! Throw tomatoes at the Grammys! Fuck the Grammys! Who the hell are the Grammys anyway? We don't need you. You need more people." And the question that I raise every year is. If the Grammys, well, two things. If the Grammys don't mean anything, why is there still outrage? If this, if we've decided a decade ago, or five years ago, or six years ago that this this platform is supposed to be irrelevant, we really shouldn't care anymore. There shouldn't be any further discussion. And I'm not saying that was like a unilateral decision that we made as an entire culture, but people, the general sentiment is fuck the Grammys. Mm-hmm. So A, it's that part. But then the other side of it is that's real easy to say for a lot of the people who are saying that because they're not eligible to win a Grammy, right? There are lots of... Now, granted, there are artists and producers and songwriters who say fuck the Grammys too, but there are also a lot of artists and songwriters and producers who maybe don't feel like the Grammys validates their career, but they want a Grammy. They grew up watching the Grammys. They grew up seeing people they admire and love be awarded in front of the whole industry and their peers and America for the work that they do. So I guess my question is, is that who, like what's to say that the Grammys aren't still a viable platform? Well, I will say how we know the Grammys still matter is that after you're nominated, you're considered a Grammy nominated artist. All the platforms call you Grammy nominated. That's part of your title now. Yeah. You get prestige. So you don't get that when you get nominated for a BET award or a Source Award or a Soul Train Award. You just get an award. But the Grammys comes with a title. That's how I know we haven't removed our way of thinking because everything is documented as that as a title and a prestige. So we can argue every year, but the artists that do get nominated, what do we call them? We attach the award show to the artist and we aren't separate from the artist. So how can we move ourselves from a platform like that? Pretty much. I think what the Grammy symbolizes really is just like recognition across the industry. Mm-hmm. I understand that people like want to be sort of like recognized like in their respective corner. I know Ari Lennox this week was very upset that mm-hmm. she didn't get any recognition from the Soul Train Awards because she, ba- so. she was basically like, we'll you, you were my people. 
why, yeah. why don't you acknowledge me? But I guess with the Grammys, like you're looking at the sheer diversity, like you're talking about every single genre. You're t- you're talking about folks who take every single type of music into regard. It's hard not to want that. Um, even though, as you know, as Drake has said in the past, you might like bring people to your shows who have spent their hard earned money. It's like, and at the end of the day, you still want that respect from your industry. You know, you still want people to think that you belong in this industry at the same time. So I'm sympathetic. On one hand, I am like, fuck the Grammys. But on the other hand, do I want, do I do work in music journalism? Because it's not because I want respect from people in the industry, but it's nice. It would be nice. Well, I guess that goes to my other question, like a fundamental thing about acknowledgement. Like we all work in creative fields. Mm -hmm. When we do our work, I think based off the platform that we do it for, we kind of know who we're speaking to. Obviously, other people, you know, anyone can read any medium, but you kind of know who you're talking to. So I guess the other question is when it comes to acknowledgement, what does that what does acknowledgement mean to either one of you, either from who you would consider your audience or those outside of your audience? What does acknowledgement mean? That is such a heavy question. That is yeah, so heavy. It's a, what does no, it it's mean a to you? Where did it come Won't from, you John? take that question Well, back? I mean, well, from this Grammy thing. <laughs> because it's like, well, I mean, I think everyone wants to be acknowledged, right? I don't think anyone does anything in a public space. Not saying you're doing it for fame or for right. clout, but I think if you're doing something in a public space, you want it to be acknowledged. You're not doing this in your basement. You're not doing this, you know, for yourself. This isn't a diary. This isn't a journal. You are doing work that you're submitting for whoever to read and, you know, you're writing it with the intent of this being good, this being informative and or entertaining and or people who take it in get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I get that the Grammys have problems. This is by no means like a defense of the Grammys. Like they've done a lot of fuck shit. Or they've, First you know, of all. There's been a lot of people who have gone unacknowledged or, you know, a lot of people who got things they didn't deserve and all of that still stands. But I just don't know that saying, okay, let's get rid of the Grammys and let's throw our support behind another award show to take his place is necessarily the answer. Like I think people want fairness and I think there's people who are working behind the scenes, especially on the hip hop side, to try to get as fair as it can get, or at least in you know, put their influence on. I know this is something that um Young Guru has talked about. I know this is something Ninth Wonder has talked about. Right. Like I know there are people who give a fuck who are trying to see things just be right. But I think everyone wants to be acknowledged. And even like, you know, somebody like Goldling, he was pretty upset this week on behalf of not only himself, but a lot of other artists for not being recognized. And I think he did make some valid points. I don't think, I don't know if I agree with the entire thing, but I think he made some valid points. What was a valid point he made? I don't remember. Well, I mean, his whole thing was that like, um, there's no space. I don't think, they, he didn't feel like there was a good enough space allotted for international black artists now. Where you know now that Afrobeat and 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 uh, uh, like Latin trap has turned into a whole thing, you got Bad Bunnies and you got all of these other artists who don't fall in the realm of what the Grammys necessarily consider their bread and butter as far as the topics go, the, the different categories go. But these are huge artists who are some of the most you know impactful of the generation. So it's like, how is this thing not celebrated as it should be? I want to go back to your question about acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. 
in the music journalism space, because of Twitter, you know immediately if someone's reading your work or not. Like, either someone's going to tweet you, either you'll get some retweets, something you'll get likes, but there's like a metric to see in real time how people are reacting to something you just posted. And I think I have such an interesting relationship with that because I remember a time when no one was reading my articles. Like, I remember I was just posting stuff and no interactions. Was it no frustrating? Reactions. I don't know, because I was so young. I just wanted right. to write. So we would just, I was just throwing anything at the wall, just trying to see what would catch. Like, I've always been, put your head down and work. Now I'm at the point where I'm recognizing the attention. I'm recognizing the acknowledgement. And it does feel good. It feels good to be recognized because you know how hard you work for something. And even if the intention wasn't to get that recognition, it's nice to hear. Right. It's nice to, like I had a kid run up to me at Baby Keem's show with his phone and he had like an article I wrote. He was like, you wrote this? I never met the kid before. That's how he approached what, you. What yeah. article was it? Do you remember? Uh, my article on Mavi. From uh, like? The, it was from like last month. He has an uh-huh. album, uh, Let the Sun Talk. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a review on it. And the kid like ran up on me with just phone out and was like, you wrote this? And I guess someone told him like that's yo, like yo writes. And just that reaction, like that interaction was so crazy because I never thought people would be running up with their phones asking me if I wrote things. Mm-hmm. Especially when I wrote that article in particular, I wasn't even thinking, he's like, he's a new artist. He like brand new, I think first real tape. And I really enjoyed it. And I just really wanted to express that. So to have something you enjoy create a reaction like that like you want that to happen like ideally that's what you want you put something out there and in some form or fashion it reaches somebody but now i've been trying to think about what happens if i go back to where it was when it started when no one cared mm-hmm. am i still gonna write mm. i think i am but i don't know how my relationship is going to change with that feeling of having someone run up to you at a show and then imagine like five years I go to a show and no one speaks to you. Mm-hmm. You still put in the articles, but no one speaks to you. And I feel like that's what not being acknowledged feels like. It's like I put something out, I believe in it, and no one spoke. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. That is heavy. I think there's a larger reason too, at least when it comes to music journalism, when it comes to award shows. I guess the whole point is to sort of accurately acknowledge and document this moment in time. You know what I mean? I think with music journalists, we're in the business of, um, you know, documenting history. Like yeah. our job is to basically synthesize everything that's happening in this moment and to articulate for people what it means and to just get that like on the record. Because if it's not on the record, then you have the bullshit that we go through now where we try to figure out <laughs> just when shit was released. And that shit gets lost in time, you know what I mean? So. Um, I think award shows do operate in the business of that in addition to sort of being that gratification you were talking about, yo, when you were saying like, I did this hard work this year, I want this gratification for it now. They're yearning for that in the same way that we might be yearning for retweets and stuff. I guess the, the tricky part of award shows and in sort of working on documenting all this in real time is that there's always gonna be stuff that we miss there's always stuff that we're gonna get wrong. And especially when we have the benefit of hindsight, it's really hilarious to look back on that sorts of things because 
as I'm like looking back at pivotal award show moments in history, I'm amazed by how much people get wrong. Like I'm amazed by like the folks who end up winning in that particular moment and then end up disappearing. <laughs> or the people who like Beyonce just forever are sitting in the audience but ne rarely go up to actually like accept the award in that time. So um, either way, there's always gonna be a disconnect and it, there, it's always gonna be an imperfect science to document history. Yeah, I mean, to that point, like the guy on your shirt right now. Oh, Nas? Yeah, he's been, he's been, he's Na been nasty Nas. <laughs> he's been rapping for, I mean, his career, I think Live at the Barbecue was 90, 92, 91, maybe something like that. But I mean, Nas has been rapping almost 30 years. Not a Grammy sniff. Oh I think God. I think the Grammy that he had the potential to win, Drake won. If I'm not mistaken. Because I think that was this, I think the, I think Life is Good mm -hmm. was the album that got nominated for a Grammy and Drake took it for Take Care? That mm. sounds right. I think it was that year. Nah. But yeah, oh, maybe, oh, maybe, maybe. I think they did come around out at around, around the, same the same time. Around the same time. Yeah, Questlove has a really great um, section in his book, Mo Meta Blues, where he talks about being at the 95 Source Awards. And it's not so much that moment that he talks about, even though he does talk about that moment, you know the ones we're talking about. But he's talking about how Nas, off the strength of Illmatic, comes to this award show and has a shit ton of nominations. But as the award show progresses and as the um, as the whole temperature in the room gets like hotter and hotter with how like, you know, Diddy's calling out, you know, death row and shit like that, Nas doesn't win a goddamn thing. And Questlove remembers just seeing Nas deflate little by little by little. Like this is the kid behind Elmatic. The one album that we talk about when we talk about Nas for all of eternity. And you're losing everything to Biggie. Like Everything. you're watching yeah. Biggie take all your awards. And I love that story because it shows you how losing does affect people. Like he went and changed up the entire sauce for It Was Written. You yeah. know, he went and got the Trackmasters. He went and got like a new manager. Like he went and did so much to try and get away from that. And even if you can say Nas was rapping as well or that it was a, a fair switch for commercial success, he was trying to be successful. Right. He didn't want to be Illmatic. He wanted something else because Illmatic didn't win. That's hurtful. Like, I hope Ari Lennox is okay. <laughs> like, I really hope, yeah. like, she doesn't drop her next album, doesn't try to get a Grammy, right. doesn't try and get already. And it could be amazing. But I think I would hate if that's what happened. Like, you felt like you didn't get recognized. And now... Because you made a great album not trying. Yeah, I think the album is certified with the people. Yeah, no, right. you you won with us. So even if they don't acknowledge you, you did something right. Like you mm -hmm. can keep doing it right. But I don't know what happens when your mind changes and now you're trying. Like I need a certain kind of beat. Mm -hmm. I need a certain kind of pitch. Mm -hmm. I need a certain kind of auto-tune. Mm -hmm. That's what happens when you lose. That's, yeah, I don't know. The only thing I want to say is that it's just really tough to not get caught up in like the present time. Like I, you were talking about Twitter earlier mm -hmm. um, Where it's and the fast. instant gratification. But that's the thing. I've almost become too suspicious of that now. Like if people are so quick 
So I can retweet it. I was like, you didn't fucking read it. What the hell is the matter with you? Like, what are you doing? What is your agenda? Right, right. You know what I mean? So first of all, I'm on to you guys. Also, I'm sorry. I'm sure most of you are my friends, but I'm also on to you. (laughs) But but that statistic will say nothing of how that work is going to resonate a year, five, ten, five, ten, twenty years down the line. That's true. You know what I mean? Because Nas wouldn't have known in that moment in the Source Awards that Illmatic is going to be the one album that we talk about when we talk about Nas. Didn't in he, that moment, like he wouldn't. I don't think he was thinking about that. Didn't he just say he's not celebrating the album no more? Like recently, it came out that like Nas does not want to sure, keep reliving. I mean, the Nas was like what nineteen? Yeah, he was like nineteen. Do you want to relive nineteen? No. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. Like, that was a rough year. I, I appreciate it, but like enough is enough. But like even then, it's funny because Illmatic is still the album. People say like this one you have to listen to for hip hop. This is hip hop. This mm-hmm. is hip hop. And even the creators like guys, calm down. Yeah. All right. Like every five years is cool, but every year we don't have to remind the kids all over again. <laughs> this album came out. That you have to bow down to this album. Yeah. I mean. But it's so we. I think we just have a funny relationship with like albums and awards. Like both those things we have funny relationships with. Well, I mean, going back to what you were saying about Ari, the interesting thing with her in the context of this conversation, you know, we're talking about acknowledgement and from who it's like she was upset about the Soul Train Awards. Mm. Like there's not many. I can't even think of any other artist that has displayed public um, displeasure with the fact that they didn't win a Soul Train Award. Like not one. I don't know of anyone who ever went on a rant or any or made any type of public comments about how they felt like they were robbed at the Soul Train. Like she cared about that one. That's who she wanted the acknowledgement from. Not saying she wouldn't have been, I don't know how she feels about the Grammys. I'm sure she'd have been happy as hell to get nominated or win the Grammy too. But she really wanted the acknowledgement from the Soul Train Awards. So, you know, I don't know what that says to, to other artists who, not saying they're not appreciative of it, but you know, the people that feel the type of way about the Grammys and don't necessarily care about the Soul Train Awards or the BET Awards or like other award shows that can be seen as smaller or lesser than, you know, the almighty Grammys. I think she was just saying that like she didn't feel recognized by the people who she was like catering toward. And I feel like that would be heartbreaking also. Like if you're creating with the, like if a specific audience in mind, and then you look up and you see that the Soul Train Awards, the very people who epitomize your audience, doesn't acknowledge that. I don't know. I would think like, where did I fuck up? Where did I go wrong? Yeah. Politics. But like politics with the Soul Train Awards? I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I looked at the in, in looking at the list of people. I don't know if it was politics. I, mean, I don't know how the Soul. I know people vote on the Soul. They they send us Soul Train Award things to to vote for. So I don't know how many pe- votes there were, whatever the case was. But I mean, the people she was up against, I felt like her album was significantly better than all Who of them. Who was she up against? Uh, Lizzo, Lizzo ended up winning, but it was Lizzo, LMA, uh, Anderson, Pack, uh, Chris Brown. No. And... Pr- like prior to Chris else. Brown, I feel like Ari fit. That group, that group of people, yeah, for sure. Right. LMA, Anderson Park, Ari Lennox, it just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, like she should have been like, okay. That. These are your peers in this section of. Also, like, I've been thinking a lot about how peer groups. You want to be ahead, of course, 
But even if you're not ahead, you want to be in the group. Right. You know, you want to be in the you group. You want to know you got invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want every, all the dope people would be having a party somewhere. And, and you like, outside. Hey, you outside, like, on some. Oh, no. Because uh, when you outside, it doesn't matter who walked in first or who walked in last. Right. You didn't walk you in. You didn't walk in. Oh, <laughs> no. Everybody else that hurts. All of this hurts. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I don't know. I think with the Grammys in particular, though, what hip hop has to decide is, is everyone going to get on the Grammy committee? Is everyone going to do their role to at least try and adjust who gets nominated? Because it is like a peer decided platform. Mm -hmm. From my understanding of how the Grammys work, that's why Guru and Knife Wonder speak to like the change because they're on the inside. Now I think if we're going to complain or get outraged, we need to know who's like a part of the committee. Yeah. Every artist said, like, is Golden Cup part of the Grammy committee? That'd be my first question. Because you can be, like, if you've been, uh, I think you have to have worked on the song or, like, percentage wise, mm -hmm. be in the business right. to go through the process. So anyone who makes music can be a part of the Grammys, I believe. I don't think you have to put out, like, a major label album or anything. Like, I think you just have to make music and it be certified. So if we're not going to do that, then we can just skip to stop caring. Like if we're not gonna try and like, cause it, it functions a very particular way. So if we're not gonna work within how it functions, then we shouldn't care. Right. And I, I'm not against not working. Like if we don't wanna work, we don't have to do no work at all. Yeah. But if we're gonna complain, we gotta do some work. I also think it's hard too because. Wow, yo just voted and died us. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. He was Diddy just yeah, now. He went on a wow. full, on a full take, Dang, that, take that, take that, take <laughs> that. Um, but it's like all the iconic artists that when you start naming people that have like a gang of Grammys and you start saying Michael Jackson and Beyonce and Stevie Wonder and like whoever else, it's kind of like, well, damn, I want to be with, you know what I mean? Like you said, like I want to be up there with them. Like I want Facts. a piece of that too. And I don't, I guess back in the day it was a lot less controversial, or at least it seems that way. Yeah. Like there was always probably people that took L's, but it was, it seemed like the Grammys before were never this polarizing it wasn't like a lightning rod thing i wonder the other genres feel that the grammys got them wrong because i know i'm sure i know hip-hop's just outspoken about it right but i don't know if i've ever heard like country singers saying they was going to boycott the grammys or if uh yeah i can't think of any you know soul r&b singers early on were like we're not doing that because they got it wrong yeah you know Maybe I could be wrong. It could be documentation of this that I just haven't seen. But I feel like hip hop is just so outspoken with everything. That that's why lightning rod moments happen in that space because we will make it hot. <laughs> yeah, we no, will really, definitely make it hot. Yeah, for sure. I think the hip hop age coinciding with the Twitter age where we, like you said, we were seeing all these reactions in real time is why there is like the Grammys have become so polarizing, I think. Um, there have been past protests. I mean, but it has been specifically to hip hop. Like when uh, when Will Smith, mm -hmm. Mr. Fresh Prince and GJ Jazzy Jeff were up for like, I believe like the first rap Grammy mm -hmm. ever, but they decided not to attend the ceremony because that moment would not be televised. Mm -hmm. Like from the jump, hip hop has been like, fuck y'all. Yeah, right. <laughs> You try to acknowledge <laughs> us, but you're not giving us the full acknowledgement that we think we deserve. Yeah, Maybe that's you. where we should have stopped. Maybe we should have known right then that they were gonna get it right. And we should have never went. Imagine yeah. if no one ever goes to the Grammys from hip hop. And we just didn't care. We had a chance. 
I mean, and they got it right. They televised the next year, I believe. But you're right. They got the acknowledgement wrong from the very first day. <laughs> you can't trust them. Yeah. You know? I mean, Jay-Z did the same thing. Like, he didn't show up for his, and it was kind of like that whole thing didn't last, like, real much. It, it never took on, like, a nah. wave. It never turned into, it was just, like, one person decided, okay, I'm not doing it this year. And then next year, they in a suit. And then everyone else goes, it's just like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <but the laughs> what are you laughing? It was just funny the way he said it. He was like, yeah, the next year, you know. <laughs> I'm back. Like, all right, uh, enough. Um, but the Grammys aren't the only award show in town. No. They have been outside of people protesting and taking L's that they weren't supposed to take. There have been a lot of really good award show moments in general. Well, there used to be a lot more of them. I feel like most of the best award show moments have probably like passed us by at this oh point. Oh my God. In recent memory, there haven't been any award shows that have been real, <laughs> real impressive. <laughs> it's like, I think everyone knows. Like, you know this can be a moment, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know everyone's watching. And I feel like it takes it takes something away from it. Right. I know you was going to talk about it, but I saw the 3-6 Mafia Oscar performance. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, the musical performance? Yes. <laughs> of his heart out here for a pimp. I haven't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, I did a switch on my... I did a search on Twitter today, and I found that I have been tweeting about this... <laughs> Exact win for the past five years. It's really, really. Twenty fourteen was the first time that I had ever tweeted about Three Six Mafia's Oscar win. I have not been able to stop thinking about, it. and I didn't even watch it in real time. It was just I discovered it and I've held on to it <laughs> ever since because it's so stupid. <laughs> it's one of the most like. I think it's probably the most surprising award show moments that Absolutely. I can think of. Like. This is the Oscars. Listen, all my favorite award show moments are Cinderella moments. And okay. Three Six Mafia at the Oscars was definitely a Cinderella moment. DJ Paul talked about this in a retrospective on The Hollywood Reporter. So <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about how Three Six Mafia wasn't going to drink because they knew they had to perform. And they were like, well, first of all, DJ Paul had to Google what an Oscar was. Cause, or, <laughs> Are you serious? Because he didn't know the Golden Statuette was associated with the Academy Awards. And he was like really confused. And to be honest, I get that confused all the time, too. Okay. I was like, why are these called separate things? This is very stupid. Right. So first he had to Google what it was. And then they found out that they couldn't perform without a backing track because it had to be 100% live. So they're like, oh, fuck. OK, so we can't drink. We can't drink because this is a very... We have to take this seriously. We have to take this shit seriously. Right. And then they go out on the stage and they see the vodka in their dressing room and they're like, fuck it, they'll take a shot anyway. <laughs> right, of course. Their lawyer hands them a sheet of paper like, okay, in case you win, these are the people that you need to thank. You notice how in the speech, John Singleton is standing up in the crowd when they win and they don't thank him once. <laughs> they never thank the director of the movie, Craig Brewer. Craig Brewer was written on this sheet of paper. They never thank them. They think they're fucking choreographer first. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. They are so caught yeah. off guard by this moment because their lawyer hands in the sheet of paper being like, listen, you gotta thank these people. And 3-6 Mafia is like, we're not gonna win. Are you, get out right, of here. Yeah, they crumble yeah, the sheet yeah, of paper, yeah. they throw it away, they get on the stage, and then they're trying to leave to drink the rest of the vodka. Because they were like, okay, our moment is done. And then Queen Latifah says they, like, 3-6 Mafia, it's hot right here for a <laughs> Wow. 
And so like they were just so caught off guard. And I think that's why that moment was so beautiful is because pretty much every el- everyone else in the room, except for the people who decided that 3-6 Mafia was going to win, didn't think that they were going to win. Of course. At all. And that's why it's so gorgeous. They don't even know where to stand. It's amazing. That is fantastic. And then the performance with Taraji P. Henson. <laughs> yeah. Singing her heart Come out. Come on, man. Like, but my favorite part about it is they're dressed like they're going to the liquor store. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't dress up for the Academy Awards. Like, DJ the, Paul said they, like, they were like, should we wear suits or something? And they were like, no. You just be just you. Be, be yourself. Like, be yourself. Be comfortable. Yeah. And that right there is what I want from award show performances. Just be yourself. Just what? go out there and be yourself. I don't want the extras. I was watching Kendrick do his Grammy performance, and he's amazing. Kendrick Which Lamar, one? The one with Dave Chappelle. Oh. Yeah, that's the DNA. That's the DNA. That's yeah, the, the DNA. That's and, a YouTube. Like, yeah, that whole that whole thing. Right. He came out in the, in the prison blue in the prison. Suit. No, no, not that one. He was in on the stage with the uh, U.S. Army. Oh, like they yeah, were stomping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, 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 okay. And I was like, Kendrick's doing a lot. Like, there's like ninjas and flames this all this stuff going on it's like three different acts in this one performance and it's incredible but like i just wanted mad city you know like mm-hmm. i wanted you to bring compton to the stage like i know you were making a statement about america and that's great but like my favorite kendrick performances are the ones where it's not really theatric it's just him mm. you know like Kendrick, when he is in his back, like his eye performance on SNL, and he has like the dark eyes and the crazy mm-hmm. hair, and his body is just moving like it's possessed. Like you don't need nothing else on stage. You just need that. Give me that right there. Yeah. So I always felt like the opportunity for the theatrics allows people to get ambitious. And sometimes the most ambitious ideas are the ones we remember. But I think the simpler ideas are the ones that really stick with us. Like, mm. the heart out here for a pimp performance, there's, like, a bunch of people dancing, but you're not paying them no mind. No, you're watching Juicy J. <laughs> <laughs> Go through the motions. Go through the motions. Yeah. And Taraji, like I said, she's the only one on stage that looks like she, like, dressed for the, <laughs> the Oscars. And at the end, she does, like, this whole solo where she hits this high note, and it's like, why did you do that? <laughs> She went for it. Like, she really... I, that, that right there should have let us know that, like, Empire was, like, soon to come. That's, like she's absolutely like, right. We should have known right there, like, oh, yeah, she's got this. Like, she can really do this. I told my cousin, I was like, there's no way the world was the same after that. Like, after she sung, it was like, that's a star. Yeah, you're a star. You're I don't know what's going to happen. Because this is like Taraji before being Cookie. So, yeah. And that really, like, elevated her to that next level. She was high already, but that performance... Those 30 seconds? Forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. Change, change the world. Forever. Um, before you got here, we were talking about the uh, what the reason when Christina asked you which one, because the Kendrick performance we were talking about was him and Imagine Dragons mm. at the 2004. You just had this look Grammys. on your face. Like, mm. I know. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I seen it. Hey, I was like, there. <laughs> that, one, that one gave me goosebumps for a lot of the reasons you just said, especially when. Um, you know, they, the way they did it, you know, for those who haven't seen that, I highly suggest going to YouTube. It. But, you know, it started off as an Imagine Dragons set, and then they went into Mad City. Mm-hmm. No, Backseat Freestyle. I think it was Backseat Freestyle they went into. And when Kendrick, like, you can tell he's feeling it. 
But you can tell he's really feeling it when he grabs the drum. He's beating the drum like he's some kind of Viking, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like he just let it all go. Like I'm, I'm part of a band now. Like never mind, it's Kendrick Lamar. Never mind these bars. Like right. I'm gonna beat this drum. Like this is what I really do. Yeah. And I was like, "Damn, man!" Like this dude is. I just knew that those big over the top performances were gonna be a thing that would probably end up in his repertoire somewhere because mm. he just seemed comfortable in that space when it's dramatic and when it's big and you know that's all that stadium shit when i leave here i want to write an article about how hip-hop stole america's next great actor with kendrick lamar like he mm. could have been an academy award-winning actor i think i think Who it's in, to him say too? That no. in his future but i'm saying I'm talking about we could have got Kendrick from like a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like we could have yeah. 18, like the 28, he could have been the man. A child star. He could have been that. Like Michael B. Jordan or yes. something? Yes, better. Ah, better ah, than Michael ooh. B. Excuse me, have, have you seen you, Creed? Have you seen Kendrick play a crackhead? <laughs> he, he played in a, like, listen, I mean, that was, I believe that, him. That's my whole point. Everything he does, you believe. I've never thought Kendrick was lying to me. Yeah, no. Nah. So like he could have grew up in the suburbs. I believe he's from Compton. For sure. Everything tells you he's from Compton. He, like, Good Kid Mad City could have been a movie. You imagine could've. if he was from the suburb. Like, imagine, like, the greatest method actor of all time. Of like, all he turned, time. He turned himself into Kendrick Lamar as, like, just being, just being like, a regular person. There's no school that would teach there's you no, that shit. There's no, no school just, that would teach you that shit. And Drake no. is a perfect example. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you started <laughs> with the Drake quote, I was like, oh, wow, you really are sympathetic. And then you saw you saw the chance. You know what? I'm glad I brought him up, though. <laughs> He's actually responsible for one of my favorite moments. And it's not on, even on like the stage. I understand that Drake isn't wholly original. But my favorite mo one of my favorite moments might be when he copied. A I'm sorry. I'm laughing just thinking about it. When he copied off Jay-Z, because remember Jay-Z at one point, he does it like a photo shoot after the Grammy Awards and he takes like a shot of like some very expensive, like cognac or whatever, oh, yeah, out of yeah. his Grammy. Out of the Grammy, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jay-Z was the one who did this first. Let's put that's like that clear. But when Drake gets sent his Grammy for Take Care for Best Rap Album and does the shot too, I feel like that has to be my favorite because it's basically like the college dorm room edition First of all, he lives with like 10 dudes. They're all drinking out styrofoam cups. They got red solo cups like in their bedrooms it or whatever. It was for sure. It was a frat house. It was definitely yeah, a frat house, yeah, like a thousand percent. Like you see in that moment that Drake is still not a child, but definitely still young enough to like sort of like get the allure. And then his first thought is, wow, wow, wow. Oh my God! And then very swiftly, just like pours I'm the shot be, in yeah, there. Yeah, it was it was so fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I like the dorm room version better because, like I said, it's like a Cinderella story. It's like, oh wow! Like I'm sure at that moment when Jay Z did the shot, he's like, "What else have I not done?" I was about to say Jay Z took the shot. Like he takes shots out of that only. Like right. he's right. He only right, takes right, shots yeah. out right. of Grammys. Right. Know? When he did that one acceptance speech and called the Grammy like a sippy cup for blue, I was yeah, like, "You done yeah, seen yeah. it all." Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he he let it be known that like I'm here. I'm not gonna right. trip, but also like right. Fuck this award. Like, <laughs> but when Drake did it, he was like, "Oh, I finally arrived." Yeah. Totally different attitude that he did. Totally Absolutely. different attitude, and that's why I think I love it. <laughs> and this is one that only Drake would do. Only Drake I would know. do. Yeah. 
he could all, he could take us there. Remember when Jay Z did this and like <laughs> yeah, he probably said that just before he took the shot. What is more Drake than that? that yeah, that's the Drake thing to do. Is like yeah, God bless him. What about you, Ja? Any award uh, show moments or performances that <laughs> stick out? Um, I mean, one of the award show moments that will always that will probably be like. I think this has to be in the top 10 across any award show of all time is Diana Ross playing with Lil' Kim's titty. I am so glad VMAs. you said that. <laughs> like, I am so glad you like said that. that. That has to be a top 10. Award. I don't Oscars, Grammys, Emmys, Golden Globes, BAFTAs, whatever you want to give out. Like this guy, even if it's number 10, I think it has to be in there. Lay it down. Why? It's Diana. Well, first off, it's Diana Ross and Lil Kim. So the idea of them walking, coming up on stage together, was really set Kim in a different kind of lane. Like she was already doing her thing. She was already Lil Kim at that point. But like you with Diana Ross, like that's a different level. You know, yeah. it's a different level of 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 icon basically co-signing you. And it wasn't like you were up there with Diana Ross and Diana Ross was like judging you or like looking at you like you young people. It wasn't no Bill Cosby, pull your pants up. You you know what I mean? Put your titty away, young woman. Like she legitimately, like that was the most natural reaction. I don't think that she, I don't think it was planned. I just think that was like, I can't believe you sitting up here with me with your titty out. And then gave it a little like, a little, a little like, hey. Hey, like, there, there. Hey, hey, I just want to make sure that this CGI, this hasn't been like... Like a bodysuit, right? A bodysuit. I want to make sure I'm seeing what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that's your titty. Like, there it goes. And it's like, if Kim wearing that outfit wasn't already iconic, Diana Ross made it that much more like, this is it. Right. I refuse to believe that Lil' Kim walked out the house the day in that outfit and didn't already know it was iconic. Like when she was talking about When she was talking about it in an interview, she was just kind of like, oh, you know... We were doing all the fashion back in the day. Like the, to me, this was just another outfit. I was like, bullshit, yeah, yeah, yeah. bullshit. Nah, 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 nah. You, you, you walked out in a pasty. Yeah, come on, bro. Like, you knew. Yeah, you knew. Now you didn't know that Diana Ross was gonna like. No. Also sign on the contract. Like, yeah, I'm with that too. I won't do it, but like, I like it on you. Eat <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, that's 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 has to be one of them. I like I like it in slow mo because like Diana Ross made sure to like push Kim's arm away. It's like no no no. We have yeah, to acknowledge yeah, 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 this. Yeah, yeah. Mo- we have to acknowledge <laughs> this moment. Don't don't shy away from the camera yeah, no, now. No, we just have to now. like right, you yeah. know we have to underline this. We have to underscore <laughs> exactly like what's happening here. It's like a highlighter. Like we have to highlight this. Yes, yes. right now. We're gonna stop. I everything. need the sports center right, 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 right. this moment. Thirty for thirty of what Kim's was, outfit. What was this show? What was it? Uh. Was it the Wonder Years? What was the show? No, Doogie Howser. Was, couldn't Doogie Howser like pause and like stop shit and then like talk, break the fourth wall? I think so. I, I don't know. Zach Morris did on Say About the Bell a Zach few Morris, times. Did, okay, yeah. yeah. So it's like she's Zach Morris the whole situation. Like everything stopped. <laughs> I'm going to move your arm. I'm going to extend my hand. I'm going to make sure that everyone can get a good look at this. And then we'll, and then we'll start playing the game when we acknowledge that your breast is out. Yeah, no, that was awesome. And that goes to show that sometimes like award shows are shit because when we talk about that moment, we don't remember what it was for, which was apparently best rap album. We don't remember who won, which was the Beastie Boys. I had to watch the clip and I was like, what did the Beastie Boys win for? That was the VMAs. VMAs. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. What did the Beastie Boys do? Nothing. Yeah, no, it doesn't even matter. Kim stole the, it was a rat. Kim and Diana Ross. And also it's like one of those things where 
if you didn't know at that point, because I don't think I fully was like all the way aware of Tracy Ellis Ross at that time. I know she was obviously acting, but I, I didn't know her. Was as like Girlfriends an out at that time? Girlfriends might have been out. What year this was, was like this? This was like 99. Yeah, I want to say this. Yeah, this might have yeah. been like, this might have been Girlfriends time or maybe just before Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But um, that should have let us know like what kind of family oh. she was raising like you know, we're not, <laughs> what kind like, of family she was raising yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. like you're we're right. not we're like we're silly people we're not offended by things like we just go with the flow like everyone's happy and kind of just free i'm not tripping about your titty i'm gonna play with it like, oh my god not, i just like, got like a whole new like behind the music idea where it's like tracy ellis ross goes like prom shopping and diana's like okay we're gonna figure out what dress you're gonna wear today yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. we're gonna find you something up in here like we know <laughs> have to make sure you kill them when you get out there all right yeah i respect it I'm kind of mad Lil' Kim never pivot to styling people for shows like that. Reality shows about yeah. big moments mm. and styled by Lil' Kim. Styled by Lil' Kim, Like, yeah. imagine your prom dress by Kim, Kim. though. Oh, yeah, that would be dope, yeah. actually. God. Or your wedding or your divorce, you know. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. So, there was an interview with Lil' Kim's stylist at the time. Um, I forget her name, but she was on the Premium Pete show. And... Premium Pete was asking, like, okay, so how did y'all even come up with this outfit? Beverly Johnson? Hmm? Beverly Johnson? No. Her name starts with the letter M. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But in any case, she's talking about, like, so what was the logic behind Misa Hilton? Oh, Misa Hilton. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, what was the logic behind the outfit, blah, blah, blah. And she was saying that she was talking with Missy Elliott. And Missy was like, listen, if I was Lil' Kim, I'd just have my titty out. Iconic. That's that, and it's that, but that's the straightforward. That's the most straightforward advice you can give, Lil Kim. If you're that, like, yeah. I know who you are. I know what you're into. Yes. To be that's honest, what we go with. that's why award shows that stick around. We need that. We don't get that moment. Well, I feel, without well, the I feel like they're so produced now that you don't always, unless there's like two individuals that they put together. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's them being more. Like finding two people that you think can be funny together or something can happen with because right nowadays the only thing you get out of those like accidents like Miguel like leg dropping some girl oh, <laughs> like oh. you get like pure accidents of the shit that was supposed to happen. It's not like a that, good moment. That's not yeah. Well, well, I don't know. It depends we on how all, you look at it. We all saw there was it. some great great memes that came out of that moment. Some of the best. <laughs> some amazing. But like you could just, memes. I can see that clear as day in my head. The jump, the, the, the way his leg You're not going to make it. You're not going <laughs> to make it, bro. It was very obvious. But the minute he took off, like, bro, you are not that tall. You are not that athletic. Like, I don't know about this. One. Has anyone ever talked to him about why? Why'd you try it? Like, I think, I think. If you've seen him live, that's kind of all he did is the thing. Yeah, he yeah. would jump off of like speakers. I'm saying this as somebody who saw him during the what a I don't know if it was what a time to be alive but Future and Drake had was touring and Miguel was opening for them okay and this was all Miguel was doing like he just wanted to be Sly Stone so bad the lineup was <laughs> terrible <laughs> in retrospect yes yeah, but like you know before like Future and Drake are like you know running across the strange stage like his basketball drills or something like Miguel was just trying to do the most, like landed splits. You know what I mean? He like, really do, took it there. He really did. So yeah. that that was his thing. That was almost like his trademark. So he had move. a little bit of confidence built up prior to that <laughs> to just feel like. Because I think that's what he said on the Breakfast Club. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't watched the interview in a long time, but I think I remember him saying, "I was just in the moment. Like I was gonna jump across this thing." 
and I, and I and I want to say I could be totally wrong about this, but I almost want to say that he said at sound check, like at rehearsal, like he tried it, and now obviously there was no people there. That's but the I, but difference. I think, but I think he said he tried it and everything was fine, so he just felt like, all right, cool. I'm in the moment. Because there wasn't maybe a young I, woman will, there to drop yeah, it. Yeah, but now there's like a human there, so like, <laughs> it could have added a couple of friends to throw him in there. Listen, under the actual conditions with which you'll be doing this thing, because it'd be oh. different than no one was there. Yeah, fine. Okay, fine. You're just making right. a leap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the difference at Phillips Arena was that the speakers were like far back enough on the stage so that he landed with considerable floor room. Right. You know, to sprawl. If he did if he did mess it up, it would just been on him. Okay, you slip and you bust your ass. Right. So right. Cost Absolutely. Anyone else a concussion mm-hmm. or whatever. The and the means wouldn't have been as good. But no concussion. <laughs> Yo, the the joints of him like that got photoshopped into like uh WWE matches and like oh man oh no man that oh, was an no. amazing time on Twitter wow that was that was this decade yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that needs that needs something someone needs to celebrate all the memes from this decade the, yeah. we need an award show for that. Yes. yes. Yeah, so an award show that I will watch. Okay. The meme awards. Yes, the meme awards. I think we should the, produce the meme it. Awards, <laughs> the meme awards. Like bring all of that shit out and with backstories. Yeah. yeah. The Webby's ain't shit. We should like. Yeah, Webby's really needs to rehaul the whole concept and just like really run with this thing. Right. Here. The true so, lifeblood yeah, of this yeah, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, we, they really want can we have a set like a session where we just highlight Vine and oh we have my like God. a big commemoration for what vine yeah 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 yeah. instead of the grammys like yeah instead of the grammys honoring those who have died it's just all the vines all All the the vines that we lost (laughs) when twitter because i'm telling you like yeah i was talking about it last night with a couple folks who we had over it was like tiktok well maybe tiktok is really the tethered version of vine because like (laughs) you know because it builds Mm, off of that same sort like you would think on paper they're playing off of the same formula, yeah. but TikTok's humor is like a whole other level of deranged. Like they really take it there versus like Vine. Vine was pure. Vine was of the people. Yeah, Vine yeah, was yeah, of the greater yeah. good. You yeah, didn't TikTok have anything. Dark. A little bit. A little bit. It's a little dark. Right. I saw. I don't have TikTok, but I see TikTok videos on my Twitter timeline, and. There was a video of some girl who was like violently screaming Megan Thee Stallion lyrics at her little dog. <laughs> Why? I don't know, but like the dog was like gritting his teeth at her and she's like calling the dog a bitch and all kind of shit. And I'm like, yo, I don't know what the fuck is going on. It's like a whole other act. dialect or like another language where it's just like you have to see the TikTok to understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm so getting that. Because I mean, no. when you see it, outside of that space it looks crazy looks i've, I've never <laughs> yes. seen a tiktok it felt like it was just in the normal world mm-hmm. yeah like, it's like yo, y'all are doing some weird shit like right tiktok now. is like if atlanta had 10 seconds like epics atlanta like the show like mm-hmm. the that like magic realism sense of it if know. that was you don't think so the rap that's come out after old town road that's not something that i would see paper <laughs> But like when that when that Batman guy came up to the house and knocked on the door, yeah, that would be on TikTok. That would be on some TikTok. Like yeah, somebody yeah, would knock yeah, on your door, sure. you open it, it's a guy with a mask. <laughs> Paperboy live here, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then it runs off. And it That's TikTok. Okay, okay. That is no, TikTok. I understand. I understand. That is, yeah, yeah, thank yeah, yeah. you. Thank you for clarifying. No, thank you. Thank you for asking. You, I had to take that one all the way home. That is, it wasn't all the way there yet. That is that is for sure. Um. 
we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the award show moment that birthed this show. Oh yeah, that birthed this podcast. <laughs> that birthed this podcast. You was actual, like, oh yeah, actual, oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I would have went home <laughs> without everything <laughs> that we did not mention. Like, we didn't even get to. Like, no, I asked people on Twitter like what their favorite award show moment from hip hop history was, and at least like four people was like, "Can you?" Obviously, it's yeah, pretty would, clear. Could, could, you kind of have to. It's like, pretty clear. Got to talk about obviously the 1995 Source Awards, the other moment. It was life changing. Outcast saying it. Andre 3000 saying this out got something to say. I love Big Boy though. Like Big Boy is so optimistic when he gets on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> They're booing him. He's just not like phased. He's not, yeah, he's not going for it. He's just, I'm gonna be me. I feel good right now. I'm happy we up here. Y'all not up here. We up here. Right. So I'm not. He's a man of diplomacy. Uh, and yeah, listen, yeah. I gotta respect that he's because I am not. Yeah, 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 no, but I think that's how. I think that both things are necessary in life and i feel that big boy did his diplomatic thing and andre was like fuck y'all <laughs> <laughs> like, i picked up this dashiki from west end yeah, i didn't yeah, come yeah. All, all this way, way to here. be disrespected yeah, to like this mouth. so check this out right it's like this though <laughs> it's like this though like, his whole attitude was like i hear y'all booing however <laughs> like and so what I always loved about the moment, it didn't feel scripted. Like no one could have wrote that. Yeah, no. Because you're, you're never prepared to walk into a room and be booed when you win something. That's not something you prepare in your uh, award-winning speech. Right. I mean, you assume that most award shows are filled with people, your peers and people of the industry, that <laughs> yeah, people right? that understand what you all are doing and, you know, of course you want to win, but you all are here to pretty much celebrate each other in some form of fashion. Facts. Yeah, niggas at the Source Awards was not trying to hear that shit at all. I kind of miss that energy. too friendly, man. You sure about that? Well, look, no violence, but like... <laughs> yeah, no violence erupted. The thing is, we don't get this magic moment if Andre doesn't walk up there. Like, they're booing us. Yeah, they're actually booing us. And that attitude goes into them feeling like outsiders. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, we're from the South... And we're in New York, and y'all, y'all not respecting what we're doing, even when we win. And that's the thing about acknowledgement: you can win and still not get that respect from your peers. So Andre had to let them know. He had to let them know again. If they applaud, what do we get? Thank you. I want to thank God. I want to thank my mama. Right. I want to thank. I want to thank my mama. Has never inspired anybody. Yeah. It hasn't. No, it hasn't. That's just like the. I mean, like, you kind of hope one day you get a chance to stand on stage and thank your mom. But like, yeah, you love your mom, but it's right. still like an a platitude a little bit. <laughs> like, it's still like, yeah, but like, I, I have to do this. Like, right. this is like standard fare. It's a requirement. Situation. Yeah. This is how it's on the syllabus, and these are things that I had to come. Oh my okay, god. Fine. That's not what Andre said. Nah, nah, nah. It wasn't no. on the syllabus. We got rebellion. Yeah. <laughs> and then look what happened after. I think we get away from those moments. We don't get the magic. Yeah. Just I mean, don't hurt nobody. But you can boo. Yeah, boo. Yeah, fine. Have your way. And in, and in the long run, I mean, just before you walked in, we were watching the clip from the... It was from the Outcast doc, wasn't it? Oh. It was from the ATL doc by VH1. Okay, right. Like the VH1 mm -hmm. ATL doc. And, um, you know, Tip, Killer Mike, Pastor Troy, DJ Jelly, like, they're all talking about how that gave them... A kick in the ass basically it was like this now the battery is in our back and we're not gonna just go for whatever standard you all think you set for for this thing to be valid like we're gonna do our shit and then 
here we are in 2019 and <laughs> I know someone who, called in their one in the long run. Yeah. I know someone in there called it the national anthem, but it really was more like a declaration of independence. Yeah. I was like, fuck y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You know I like what that. I mean? Mm-hmm. And I like that. It, it also reminds me of Wayne 2007 BET Award performance of Gossip. At the time, Gossip was not released. It was on any project. It was a brand new song. And you can kind of tell, like, Wayne came out to rap. Yeah. He came out to rap. Like, the fireworks, it starts off with, like, blue lights, and then everything just gets bright. He walks out, and everything's on fire, and he's just rapping Going. with, like, between the verses, the sample comes in, and he's just breathing. And that third verse, he just goes off. And, you know, like, I am hip-hop. Right. I'm not dead. I'm alive. And obviously that comes from a place where Nas is saying hip-hop is dead. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's like New York elitism. Because like in the South, we're thriving. But you say it's dead because you up North. And it's not how it used to be for you. So for Wayne to come out, perform that song that's never been heard, and say that, make that statement around that same time, like, iconic. Yeah, no, Nas was on some like MAGA hip-hop shit. <laughs> wow, this conversation has gone full circle. No. Wow. Now was on some mega hip hop shit. And it was like, you know, it was people like Lil Wayne who just weren't going for it. They're voices of, of, of reason who weren't trying to hear that shit on the liberal side. And it is what it is. And that's the South. That, and that's the South. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I did ask people on Twitter what their favorite award show moments in hip hop history were. So I guess these are like honorable mentions, okay? right? We got, um, hold on, let me scroll here. We got Andrew Brotherton also mentioning the MTV VMAs where Feeney Shakur and Valletta Wallace present Jay-Z with the best hip hop album award. That I don't even the, remember them presenting Jay-Z with the award. It was more so about them together. Them together, yeah, yeah. Than yeah, like yeah. anything else. I think they chose them, I think they chose them because it was Jay-Z. To anoint him? Well, no, just like, Rap, they were rap moms and you know at least for like Valletta Wallace's side it was like you know they had a relationship there so I think it just for them it was like okay we're just gonna put you all together and it's kind of like passing the torch you know you think about Biggie and, yeah. and Jay's relationship and you know Jay being the rapper to really put New York on his back and be recognized as the New York rapper you know mm-hmm. making the Yankee hat more famous than the Yankees did like who else should award him than the mother of Biggie Smalls. Yeah, and at that time, it, it yeah, it just made all the sense in the world. So I, I gotta dig that. That was yeah, a good one. I rock with it. That was a good one. Um, Peter Hassett, who I know from high school, I wanna say, uh, mentioned the Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff skipping the 89 Grammys because yeah. it wouldn't be part of the podcast. Like, that is some shit to me because when we talk about hip hop revolutionaries, I gotta be honest, the last person I typically think of is Will Smith. But I commend him for it. Yeah, he wasn't going for that shit. Right, no. right. Instilling that energy from like the from the jump, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Cantor also mentioned uh, the '95 Source Awards because obvious. And then Nick Love mentioned the Swagger Like Us performance at the Grammys. <laughs> now I could not find this on YouTube. Oh man! But I just remember yeah. MIA being ridiculously pregnant. Yeah, I thought she was gonna have. I remember watching it like she's gonna have this baby on stage. Like her water is going to break, break. any minute now. It was <laughs> so impressive. impressive. And what would all those rappers have done in that moment? <laughs> man, I, that's a very good question. If her water broke right there, like I gotta imagine that. 
All right, let me think. So I gotta imagine that. Yo. I gotta imagine that Wayne stands there stuck, like holy yeah. shit. He panics. He, I think, yeah, I think, he I think panics. Wayne probably panics a little bit. I think. I think Jay Z probably calls somebody, like wave somebody, yeah. like hey, he, hey but hey. he's calm. He's, he's not yeah, frantic. He's probably, so yeah, he's probably he's not like, panicking. Yo, he's yo, yo, she's like, having a baby. <laughs> Somebody, right. <laughs> somebody come help her out. I think Ti probably tries to like. I don't know what is Ti's. I probably like. He give, says move expeditiously. Expeditiously. <laughs> <laughs> move this woman expeditiously to the to the to the to the hospital. I imagine maybe he tries to like um, like give her like uh, like Lamaze, like get, do get her breathing together. Like I can imagine him. And Kanye's trying to deliver the baby. And Kanye's definitely <laughs> Kanye delivering the baby because he's that fucking arrogant to think he could probably deliver a baby. Kanye for sure. He's like, I've seen enough football games. I, I know how it goes. I'm Kanye West. Goddamn it! Like, and you can see him trying, <laughs> trying bro. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Kanye the cameras are out. He's right. gonna be like, yo, I can do this. I can do this right now. I am Kanye West. Move out of my way. For sure, and then name the baby after himself. <laughs> right, that's that. Like he's the one holding her baby up. She's she's on the ground, and Kanye is holding her baby up on some oh, real Simba no. shit to the audience. In the yeah, that's Kanye. And in that yes. moment, he wrote, "Father, stretch my hands." Wow! This is the greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> How do you even do that? I don't know what just happened, but that was cool. That was great. That was cool. I like well, that. you've been listening to an episode of the Some Say podcast produced by Michael Saba here out here in the SWATs. Uh, mm-hmm. We've been ranting for way too long. <laughs> but um, oh listen, this podcast could not um, operate without your support. Um, so if you are interested in throwing support, funding our SoundCloud premium account, go to patreon.com slash something to say. 